And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. I don't like YouTube. I just don't. I just, I just don't. I just don't like YouTube. As the president would say. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me, and we had a little bit of a false start, and hopefully people that were over there will come over here because YouTube being YouTube. So what happened, I'm, I, I hit start on the stream, and it starts going to both this one and the one that I have scheduled for this afternoon I was like no 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 I don't want to go to that one so I exited out of that one and it stopped the other one so it's uh, see by the time you get to the podcast version of this the radio version of this you don't get any of these mistakes because I can edit them out and I can I can trim them but uh, (coughs) yeah Anyway, welcome to the program. If you are listening to the, uh, this as a podcast, we do invite you to check out the live video. But uh, give a shout out to everybody over in the Philippines and the UK and Germany. Those of you who are listening to this uh, on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. And of course, you can leave a comment. You can join the live chat if you're with us live. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. Join the Discord. The Discord server is up and running and active. (coughs) And we finally got everything figured out on the subscribe star because apparently they had put it on pause because we didn't have uh, we didn't have any activity going on. We hadn't updated in a while. Just kind of sitting there. So uh, anyway, got that figured out. It is going to be a very, very long, busy day. So this is going to be a short show, just mainly as a follow-up to a couple of things. But here's, here's where I want to start here real quick. And, and this, is, this is going to be one of those shows where I might say this ain't it quite a bit. <coughs> but you've got... We talked about we talked about the battle in the fandom, you know, earlier this week with Doomcock and Robert Meyer Burnett, and and Robert has not taken shots at Doomcock, which is very gentlemanly of him. And Doomcock is not specifically targeting Robert, but there are, and this is something I've talked about before. There are various different factions in fandom, and some of them fight each other. At the same time, we're fighting the the woke, progressive, political, ideological, whatever. Well, here we go again. Somebody has decided to target certain particular groups in fandom because 
My safe space is threatened here, folks. This is actual fandom, and I don't know if this is a website or if this is... Oh, hi. Yes, I had to restart the stream. I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, yeah, never mind. All right. Mrs. Boss over there mouthing. Uh, yes, we did, we did have to restart the stream because somehow I was streaming to the wrong destination, and I'm going to have to... Yeah. The, yeah, the notification, yeah, because we're in a different, this is a different show. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to be better about that because I had this show set up and I've got this afternoon's show set up and somehow I ended up streaming to this afternoon's link instead of this one. And when I killed that one, it killed all of them. So, it, yeah, anyway. All right. So, um, so actual fandom, whoever this is, Posts on Twitter. This is a a person. I mean, again, Twitter's not real life. Let's remember that. If you've experienced that, well, you got to do this in the lawyer the lawyer voice, right? If you've experienced target harassment or abuse from one of these fan bases, creator networks, your story matters a lot. You know, you could be entitled to compensation. Uh, there's a Google form here, and basically on this. If you're a YouTube content creator, viewer, or part of a marginalized community, and you've been harassed, bullied, intimidated, or otherwise targeted by the fandom menace, or its frequent guests, collaborators, such as EFAP or Ripperverse, now's the time to use your power. <coughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, and, and yeah, it may take a while for the regulars to get in here. That's why I put the actual real link in the Discord server. <laughs> so hopefully people will find us and, and, and we'll be here in a minute. So <clears throat> this, this again, is using the language of the Marxist. Use your power. These groups have a long history of targeting LGBTQ people as well as people of color and the disabled with their rhetoric, far-right views, and repetitive, politically motivated content. Okay, um, last time I checked, Eric July, who is in charge of the Ripperverse, was a person of color, as is his wife. I, I, I mean, that's just, that's just a statement of fact. Eric July is black. Eric July's wife is black. I think that qualifies them as people of color. And... It's, this is just you know, this is more the same crap, and they've got a link to a Google form. If you look at the Google form, it's one. I wouldn't use the logos for these places because hey, there's free marketing for these for these guys. I mean, come on. Do you want to share your experience on a live stream in a recording color in text format? We will never reveal any identifying info about you. Okay, well, right there. See, this is one of the problems they have with the Eliza Blue thing is because she won't name names. She's leveling all of these different ac accusations, and she won't name names. So it's hard to take her story seriously because she won't, she won't pony up the accusations and say, this is the person who did what they did to me. In this particular case, let's plan, let's plan a hit piece... And our sources, our people who are going to talk about their stories, are all anonymous. Trust me, bro. 
By continuing, you confirm you were stalked, bullied, or caused some harm by people associating or identifying with Fandom Menace, Ripperverse, or EFAP. Which of these groups was involved? Let's just go ahead and just let's take it on face value that you're telling us the truth. Please describe the kinds of abuse. Show me on the doll. Were any of the largest name creators involved? Jeremy Griggs, Eric July, etc. See, and this right here, this shows what they're going after. We really want dirt on Eric July. We really want dirt on Jeremy Griggs. We really want dirt on Ryan Cannell. On Gary at Nerdrotic. You know, Vicky Verse is going after Mandy Summers right now over over uh, uh, Pirate Queen. Please provide links if possible. We want we yeah okay we'll <coughs> we'll ask for the receipts. But nine times out of ten, nobody ever provides proof of any of these accusations. Look at what's going on with J.K. Rowling. This is just more. Hit piece, cry bully, type of crap that you that that we've come to expect from a certain particular ideologically motivated group of people who want to bully other people out of the space. We want to include everybody. Except you. We want to be inclusive. Except when we're not. And that gets us to our follow-up story today. In an interview. A three-hour online interview. With three black halflings. Uh, Ryan Brink. No. What's his name? Kyle Brink. Sorry, Kyle Brink at Wizards of the Coast talking about all of the different hullabaloo regarding the OGL 1.0A and 1.1 and 1.2 and Dungeons and Dragons and all this other stuff. And for the most part, the articles resemble this one. This is this is Polygon. And the article here referencing that interview talks about the kerfuffle over the over the uh, over the license and how it was handled and the blowback and the controversy and all these other things, right? <coughs> and none of them, none of these articles that are out there talking about what Kyle Brink said in his interview, none of them touch on the one thing that I think is an interesting takeaway. Clownfish did a did a uh, video on this. Neon did a video on this as well. But I haven't seen anybody else talking about it. It has popped up on Reddit. Kyle Brink, executive producer of Dungeons & Dragons, says in response to a question about racial diversity in tabletop gaming, quote, in my viewpoint, honestly, guys like me can't leave soon enough for this hobby. And what he's talking about, and I'm going to pull the clip up, and we we can actually see him say it. I'm not just I'm not just going to say a he said, she said. Oh, I heard. Trust me, bro. I got sources. We're going to actually pull the clip and and play it in context with the question. 
and he's, you know, Kyle Brink's been in, been at Watsy for two years. He's been in D&D that says here for eight months. He was the one who came out and did the second apology <coughs> after the first one didn't quite land. The second one, a little bit more pointed, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more specific as far as what their plans were going to be moving forward with 1.2. But make no mistake, Wizards of the Coast is in a hole. From if not from a financial standpoint, from a PR standpoint, and they're con they're continuing to dig. Now this is three ha three black halflings is the channel. I'm going to give them their proper credit. There is a link to this interview. You can watch the whole thing. I have not, but specifically this question comes up at 46 seconds, uh, 46 minutes and 57 seconds, 58 seconds into the interview. I'm going to play this. And then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to get out because i got to get ready for this afternoon's show, and I'll tell you about that here in a minute. So here is, uh, here is Kyle Brink. That's him on the bottom of the screen there, along with Liv and Jeremy Cobb from Three Black Halflings. Jeremy asking the question here. Uh, in terms of hiring diversity... Um, this actually speaks to one uh, one thing that Orion Black said in their statements, which is that they believed that they were essentially a diversity hire, which, look, we're all here. We're all in favor of diversity. But ultimately, I think what makes the difference in a company like this is if you have minority people in positions of power. I, 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 excuse me. Power. Power. Again, we're talking about we're we're starting to use Marxist language here because it's all about power. It's not about skill it's not about talent it's about control right and while i'm sure that there have been numerous hirings of people from a variety of different minorities at least in the case of racial minorities i've met a number of people who including yourself who are fairly high up in D D. Uh, and I think every single one of them has been look at white. Ryan's face. And look. also, I think all of them have been cis men, not to say that everybody there is a cis man, but it seems to be consistently that we have white cis men still at the top of these yeah. groups. Can you identify? Uh, OK, OK, right. well, well, OK, if I any specific positions of like significant power, because um, you got you got I mean, even on the D&D &D team, you still got uh, you've still got Jeremy Crawford. Uh, you still got uh, Mike Merles and so forth. What can you identify any specific uh, positions that have like higher ranking positions that have been filled by people of, say, racially diverse backgrounds? Uh, I think if you look at the the. Before we get into to, to his answer here, let me ask a question. Why, why wouldn't you hire the best person qualified for the job? Are you, are you looking, are you considering at all, Jeremy Cobb uh, at Three Black Halflings, are you considering at all skill set, talent, or is diversity and equity the only thing you care about? I'm at, this is a genuine, genuine question. I don't know who you are. I don't know who any of these people are. 
I don't know what their priorities are. I don't know what their values are. I don't know what their upbringing is. I don't care. Except to put into context questions like this. Why is it such an important thing for these people to concentrate fully and solely on race and gender and sexual orientation? What does that have to do with making games? What does that have to do with making movies or writing novels or short stories or web videos or YouTube channels or anything? I mean, really. But his answer is interesting, too. Credits of our books, um, you'll see some lead designers there who are, are uh, not cis men. Uh, you will also see a lot of uh, primary authors on sources. Uh, these are folks who are coming up through the ranks and proving themselves. And uh... Now, notice, notice he starts with the some of my friends are black type of, of trope, right? You know, if you look at the credits of our games, we have people, we have diverse people in, in, in the credits of our games. They may not be in positions of power yet, but you know, we're, 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 we're handing them out. We're, we're giving them their positions uh, to participate. We're, we're letting them play the reindeer games along with us. Uh, earning their respect, not because of who they are, but because of how they are as professionals, uh, which is the best kind of respect, right? You know, you don't want to be respected because you're the diversity hire. You want to be respected because you're awesome at your job. Okay. If you don't want to be respected for the diversity hire, you want to be respected for the uh, for the awesome way you do your job. That should be the lead of your question there, Kyle. Kyle should sit there and go, well, actually, Jeremy, we don't really care very much about the diversity being the priority. We want somebody to be awesome at their job to make a game of D&D that somebody will want to play. If we focus solely on diversity, you're not necessarily getting the best qualified person for the job. Are you? Uh, uh, and that's uh, and that's happening more and more. Um, this you know, look, guys like me, we're we're leaving uh, the workforce. <laughs> guys like you, guys like you, who who who's leaving the workforce? Leaving the workforce? Are you talking about leaving the workforce at w Wizards of the Coast? Leaving the work leaving the workforce at Hasbro? Leaving the workforce in the United States employment marketplace? What are you targeting? And who are guys like you, Kyle? To be blunt. And we're also not, this is not the face of the hobby anymore. I'm not the majority of this hobby anymore. Uh, and I, I, and so it's. Cite your source. Where are your statistics? Where are your statistics that say that white guys don't play D&D as much as anybody else? Where's your numbers? Show me. I'm Azers. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? If if I had Kyle Brink on this channel, I would be asking him these questions. By the way, Kyle Brink, if you ever want to come on this program and answer some questions, I'd love to have you. I'll send an email out. Come on down. But see, this is the other thing of this is the other part of this. 
And this is Marxist tactics. This is Solonitsky tactics. You overwhelm people with all of these different things. You say these things, and you and you and you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk without saying much. Guys like me are leaving the workforce. Well, what does that mean exactly? Are there statistics that show that white men are staying at home and are not seeking employment? I mean, we already know that the U.S. government fudges the employment numbers and the unemployment numbers because record high employment. No. Record low unemployment. No. It just means that people have stopped looking for work. And when they stop looking for work, they stop getting counted among the unemployed. I don't know how many of you understand that and how many of you know that, but the unemployment numbers in the United States only count the people who go to the unemployment office and say, I'm still looking for a job. If you have people who have decided, I'm not looking for a job anymore, I'm going to stay home and sit on the couch and eat bonbons and Cheetos, they don't count anymore. And so they drop off the rolls and, hey, look, our unemployment numbers have gotten better. It's called cheating. But Kyle, let me let me ask you, where are your statistics that show that white people are not playing D&D as much anymore? And why, do, if that's true, and I'm not accepting that, but if that's true, why do you think they're leaving the game? Could it be because we've got this whole contingent of people out there saying, well, orcs are racist, goblins are anti-Semitic and racist? And could it be that some of us who are rational, not necessarily white, but some of us who are rational are just throwing up our hands and saying, look, you, you do you, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm not the majority of this hobby anymore. Uh, and I, I, and so it's important to me that my team of creators look like my players and have the lived experience that my players do. Uh, oh, God, I hate that. I hate that word, lived experience. What does that mean? Everybody has a different lived experience. This is, this is the kind of crap I get from my kid. He's 21, thinks he knows everything. And he sits there and says, well, you can't give me any advice because you haven't lived the same life I have. What kind of BS is that? And how old are you, Kyle? 45, 48? Where, where are you? You've had life experience that I don't have. I've got life experience you don't have. Jeremy over there and Liv up there in, in, this, in this YouTube call, they've got lived experiences that neither one of you have. <clears throat> everybody's experience is different. So how, how is that a measure of standard, a standard of measure, rather? It's not objective. My personal life experiences might teach me how to deal with people, might teach me problem-solving skills, might teach me how to research things, but this is not... This is... You, you, you can't do it that way. You can't sit there and go with a lived experience. That that's individual experience. It doesn't it doesn't mean everybody in that particular experience is the same kind of person. You're acting like an experience is a monolith and it's not. 
Uh, and I think there's been mistakes made in years past where people assumed that D&D players were all, you know, white dudes in a basement, um, which is which has been a faulty assumption for a lot of years and gets more and more false every day. Uh, and so it's in my... Okay, okay. all right. <clears throat> Kyle Brink just, just contradicted himself. He just contradicted himself because his premise that white people are leaving the game is based on the idea that white people were were in the game more than anybody else, right? That's that's what he would say is the mix is changing, right? It used to be it was all it was white guys and now there's more diversity than there used to be, which if you flip that if there's more diversity now than there used to be, that means that used to be more white people were playing the game, right? So if he's sitting here saying that the assumption has always been white people playing the game, but that's not the case, then he's just negated his own argument by saying it's never been white people in the basement. Does that mean there's been diverse players and dungeon masters and game designers from the get-go since the beginning? Does that mean that women have been playing this game from the very beginning? Because I know they have. I know some people who have been played it since back in the day. Kyle Brink just contradicted himself by saying, white people are leaving the game, there's more diversity, but it's never always been just white people playing the game. You see, you see how this works? My viewpoint, honestly, guys like me can't can't leave soon enough um, for this hobby. Uh, and we owe you good games. We owe you good products. That should be your lead. You know what? It doesn't really matter what the skin color is, what the plumbing is, or anything like that. What matters is we owe you good games. We owe you a good product. We want to give value to the transaction here because it's your money you work for and you can spend it various different places. We'd like you to spend it with us, so we're going to give you a good widget so you can buy the widget and give us your money. What does it matter? What does it matter what kind of people are playing the game? Are you going to tell me that it's not acceptable for a certain type of person to play your game? Let's ask Airbnb how that's going to work out. Let's ask Starbucks how that's going to work out. Let's ask fill in the blank. <clears throat> let's 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 look let's look at the comic book industry and see how that's working for them. Virtue signaling only gets you a recognition that you're virtue signaling. And for him to sit there and say, guys like me can't leave the game fast enough, well, that's a racist statement in and of itself. Self-flagellating, of course, but it's still a racist statement. Whatever happened to not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character? If you're going to sit there and tell me that what matters more is that you have excellent employees who do a good job, 
And then you sit around and tell tell people, well, we've got all these look, we've got all these minority people that are coming up through the ranks, and 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 people like me, these white guys can't get out fast enough. Those two those two ideas are not compatible. They're just not. You can't have it both ways. And you can't sit there and say, well, it's never been just white guys in the basement and then sit there and say, well, we've got more diversity now than we ever did. Those two thoughts are not compatible either. Yule Carter, my group at 85 was crazy diverse. Hi, Yule. Nice to see you. I don't think I've seen Yule Carter in the chat before. Matuin, good to see you as well. Mazers is there. Snob's there. Cam's in there. All of you there in chat. Let's see if anybody's over there. Bianca fights the zombies over in uh, Odyssey. Europeans are diverse, and they're the minorities. <coughs> How do you define the diversity? That's a, that's another good point. How are you defining diversity? And and what's your tipping point for when it's not when when it's when it's diverse enough? When you have enough type of people in there, does that mean you're working with quotas? which I believe are kind of illegal? Are you working with this notion that minorities can't do it on their own unless they have a, ha a hand to help them from the white guy, which is what most affirmative action programs are? To me, affirmative action is one of the most racist programs that you can have. And, of course, it's a government thing. Let's force... Diversity hires, let's force the banks to give loans to people who can't afford to pay them back simply because they're black or Asian or whatever. That's how we ended up with the, with the housing crisis in, uh, in 2008. And now here we are sitting in the middle of a depression. I'm going to go ahead and say depression, not recession. We've been in a recession long enough that this is this is going to get worse. And after President Asker's speech last night, I know definitely it's going to get worse. From the economy standpoint, from from unemployment standpoint, unemployment numbers are not good. And it doesn't matter who you're hiring. I mean, if you've got if you've got jobs that are open, good for you. Because how many how many companies are laying off people? Dell is the next one to fall. We've got news uh, about that. Dell's getting ready to lay off some people. And this thing with AMC selling ticket price, you know, varying ticket prices based on location of the seat, that's going to backfire. All of the all of the measurements for the stock markets, you know, Dow Jones, Standard and Poor's, now Nasdaq, they're all down today. After President Asterisk's speech, which was kind of a circus last night, wasn't it? Not going to get into that. Major Major says maybe Cameron is lurking around too. I'm hoping that Cameron makes it to our discussion today. All right. So this is this is the kind of thing where people like Kyle Brink need to just shut up because they're not making things any better. But 
you're not going to get media coverage of this particular portion of the interview from your mainstream outlets, your Kotakus and your Gizmodos and your io9 and your Eurogamer and your everything else. That's why alt media has a place. We have and we need a place at the table. <clears throat> so you can get coverage of things that other people would not cover. All right, I said it was a short show. That's what it, that's that's I'm sticking to that because we got plenty of things that we got to get done today. Uh, it is a very, 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 very busy week. Today, this afternoon, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Disney's earnings call. Oh, oh, oh. Kyle is actively deleting posts on D&D Beyond mentioning this portion of the interview. Interesting. Kind of like uh, he's, he's uh, engaged in the Eliza Blue tactic. Huh? We'll call it the Eliza Blue Maneuver. Shut it down! Shut it down! Delete, 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 delete. The internet was a mistake. Social media. Social media was not it was not a good idea, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anyway, all right. So uh, that being said, there is a need. There is a place for alt tech, for alt media, uh, because a lot of the you know you're not going to get some of these stories with with the the mainstream, with the you know Associated Press or Reuters or NBC, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. You know some and and this is such a specialized esoteric topic. Unless there's massive economic impact to Hasbro, your business news sites aren't even going to touch it. Nobody cares. This thing isn't big enough economically that it makes a huge thing. We care because this is our sandbox. This is this, and, and I say we, not just here, Sci-Fi for Me staff, you know, people here. I'm talking about we collectively as fans, as people who play the game. Or have played the game. I haven't played in a while. But we have a vested interest in this product because we either have a history with it or we're in the middle of it now. And it's the same with Dungeons and Dragons as it is with Star Trek and Star Wars and Doctor Who and Battlestar Galactica and, and Cowboy Bebop and Dune. And all of these other places where we go to escape it needs to continue to be a place to escape and have fun and be entertained DC and Marvel <coughs> Sony you know give me a Spider-Man movie with Spider-Man and the Lizard you know I I don't want all of these things in my stories that are preaching at me and, and lecturing me. That's not the place for it. You know, make a TED Talk if that's what you want to do. Uh, Mazur says, for all that it matters, the fan who designed the new Enterprise F in Star Trek Online is Adam 
Adam Ilhe. Is that is that how it's pronounced? <clears throat> I, okay, so is that <coughs> was he? Uh, okay, so he designed Enterprise F. So because Bill Krause designed, uh, did the design the using I think for Titan uh, or Titan A. So I guess we've got multiple fans that are starting to get well, and you know, and and that's the thing. You know, we talked about this on H2O the other night because you had a fan uh, create uh, an opening title sequence for Doctor Who and uh, they Stephen Moffat saw it and liked it and used it for the first season of Peter Capaldi's run. You had a fan do the face replacement for Luke Skywalker and did it better than Lucasfilm did, so they hired him. And I imagine he's doing Indiana Jones 5. With, uh, with the Harrison Ford face replacement. Fans have talent. Fans have skills. And you hire these people because they're good at what they do. Not because of what they look like. Not because of who they sleep with. Not because of what their diet is. Not because of how they vote. You hire them because they're good at their jobs. Yeah, Shamook. Okay, yeah, Shamook is the deep fake guy. All right, so today, <clears throat> episode number two, we're gonna have a we're kind of a one two three punch today. So we've got the Disney Company uh, earnings call at four thirty p.m. Eastern. So what we're going to do? I got Dan Danford and I've got uh, Paul DeGarabedian from Comscore going to be with us, and we are going to do another episode of Live from the Bunker. And I imagine we'll probably start when the earnings call starts. So figure about uh, 4, 4.30 sometime Eastern. <clears throat> we'll at least start monitoring. And then we'll go live with reaction and discussion. And then later tonight, we have a blast from the bunker. Number five, RJ Carter and I will be talking with Devin Murphy, who is the current publisher of the Destroyer novels, this is the this is the Remo Williams story universe that has well over a hundred titles in the library right now. And uh, Devin is the is the current publisher. He's edited a few of the anthologies, so we're going to be talking to him tonight about the Remo Williams world. So join us for that. That's at eight p.m. Eastern, and then tomorrow night, the Ranker Pit, also eight p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about some Disney stuff. We're going to be talking about some Lucasfilm stuff. We're going to talk about those those rumors that WDW Pro and Valiant Renegade dropped on Sat on Sunday. And there's some juicy ones. And then coming up on Saturday, we've got a new Foreign Bodies at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central. And the 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 Good Morning Multiverse will be an evening edition on Saturday because of various things with the schedule. Uh, so be sure to connect with us on all of our socials, on at least one or two of the socials, <clears throat> so you can find when we put links and make announcements and schedule changes and programming notes and that kind of thing. And join our Discord. Go over to Discord, join the Discord server, the link's in the notes. You can find us and uh, connect with us over there and continue the conversation in our Discord server, and that's going to do it for us today, folks. Join the membership. Get get a, get a membership. 
Memberships are available on uh, YouTube and Odyssey. And Subscribestar appears to be back in business now, so you can support us that way as well. If you so choose. Don't have to. You don't even have to subscribe to the channel. Just keep coming back because hopefully we're doing something you like. All right, that's it, folks. Thanks very much. Remember, the media is not your friend. The government hates you. It's your money. It's your vote. And there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 